Good. Oh, boy, the voice was rough this morning. As you can tell, I rested up and didn't work out this morning, uh, getting ready for GTE 24. So let me try it again. Good morning, and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. A few quick announcements. Um, if I haven't, um, if you haven't checked your inbox today, you'll see that F3 Nation has sent out uh, another note on the F3 tenure. It's going to be a great event. I can't encourage you enough. I, um, I recommend over the next couple of weeks, grab your shield block, grab your blades and stones, anybody that you want to travel with and have a great weekend. Um, it's going to be family friendly. they got a lot of stuff going. Just uh, check your inbox, check your email uh, for the latest updates. But the nation's made a commitment to this event, and, um, and we're short. And so if, uh, if you're on the fence, please jump off the fence and, and, and head down for the F310 here. It's going to be a great event. So next thing on my list is um, I got a message from my man Crockett in F3 Dayton. It appears they lost one of their packs. His name was Joyride. They have set up a GoFundMe. Uh, apparently a young guy had a couple other, um, I think Mater and Gold Star, a couple other connections through F3. So very, very unexpected. Um, sounds like it must have been an accident or something. I don't have all the details. But uh, if you go to F3 Dayton, they do have a GoFundMe set up. And um, you know anything, if you feel compelled to give, please do. It sounds like um, obviously um, very, very unexpected, and they're dealing with a lot, and the family's dealing with a lot. So if you're able to uh, hit that GoFundMe. The last thing is, um, this, uh, well, I guess this afternoon, this evening, we start GTE 24 uh, weekend. And uh, a couple things, because I've been in Metro, why they've been preparing for this. And I've, um, you know, I did Grow Ruck 01, and then I'm going to do Grow Ruck 24, or GTE 24. Um, a couple things I want to just shout out to, to have happened. Obviously, the guys in Metro have really, really trained hard for it, and it's been fun to be a part of that. Snoop has put on these great Saturday rucks. Uh, Saturday evening rocks to prep the guys and get the challenges, but also you know Booty, what did uh, Festus? All these guys have been putting together these great circuits uh, during the week. So if your region's starting to think about doing one of these GTEs, I can't encourage you enough because to me the funnest part of the whole thing. I mean the events are great, but all the training that leads up to it is really really where you build this brotherhood. So um, you know. Get on that schedule. Talk to Girl at, girl at Gus and uh, get after it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can be bringing an event to your region soon. So that's all the announcements for this week. Um, my guest this week is a is a guy. When we're talking about that next level brotherhood, he's a guy who's uh, he's going to tell us a story today um, that definitely, definitely, um, you know, presents itself in that next level of brotherhood that we talk about in F three. So let's start with easy stuff. Crop duster, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Um, Abraham EH'd me. Um, Abraham, uh, his son, Chaser, um, did F3 in Columbia, South Carolina. And Abraham um, was my pastor, and so he went down to visit his son. He came back so excited about F3 and what they were doing in Columbia and all of this. And he said, we're bringing it here. And so, and so that was in April of 2014. So they brought it to Hickory, uh, Western North Carolina, um, in April of 2014. So Abraham and, and his son Chaser was there on day one. And people from Statesville, North Carolina, really launched us were there on day one. Um, but yeah, Abraham, um, Abraham definitely was the EH. Yeah, and we're just going to 
that guy's uh, aged a ton of guys. So we're just going to give him a special Friday shout-out. And Chaser, too, because uh, Chaser um, has always been involved with that 3 expansion, so another solid guy. Um, yeah. The other part of that family is Fountainhead. Um, uh, Chaser's all of Chaser's brothers. And I, don't, I can't think of all the brothers that three names right now, but uh, he has two other brothers. All super fit, all super active in F3. So Abraham's the kind of guy not only has all his sons involved, he gets everybody in his churches involved. Um, yeah. This will be one of my stories where I say, be like Abraham. So, and I, um, a special shout out to Hickory. Um, we ha- I don't think we've had a guest from Hickory on, or if we have it, it's been a while. So a special shout out to Hickory. Uh, you got any other shout outs? Anybody else you want to call out? Well, I got a bunch, and maybe some of them will come through as kind of as we're talking, but really this morning um, I was able to go out uh, to Ruck and Roll. That's our rucking um, AO in Hickory on Friday mornings, Ruck and Roll. And um, so um, some of those guys are going down to the Grow Ruck uh, this afternoon. And of course, they're all pumped about that. So I want to shout out to Medball. He'll be there in Charlotte tonight for the uh, the, uh, um, the the Grow Ruck event there. Uh, Medball is our Nantan here. And we're known as the NC Foothills region, uh, which is Hickory and surrounding areas. So shout out to Medball, who's going to be at Grow Ruck tonight, to Plank, to Short Cell, Swanson, Cousin Eddie, Little Sweet, and Markup. And i got to say, Markup is the godfather of rucking in Hickory, I will say, because he was rucking... He went. He was rucking before rucking was cool, and so he really introduced Tickery to uh, to that. So, so yeah, more, uh, definitely a big shout out to those guys who are going to do some fun stuff with you guys in Charlotte tonight and over the weekend. Well, that is awesome, and you're so you're bringing a, a whole crowd. So, uh, another uh, live by example right there is you got to sign up for one of these. Make sure all your friends are signed up all, also. And I uh, I love the story of doing rucking when rucking wasn't cool. Is exactly how. Um, you know, I, uh, Cobra Kai, there's a couple of us that this will probably be, um, I'll probably still rock. I just probably won't be doing events anymore. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I think it's a great way, it's a really great way to build brotherhood and build bonds. So um, thank you for all those shout-outs because that's awesome. So it looks like Foothills is going to be well represented, uh, uh, you know, through yeah, the weekend. And I'm sure those guys don't mind the wait. Yeah, there'll be there'll be seven of them there tonight. Unfortunately, I won't be with them, but there'll be seven of them there tonight. So, and they're they're very 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 excited about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's let's start the discussion. And so, we, when we talk about next level brotherhood, I think um, normally I kind of set the table, but I'm going to set the table as uh, for the listeners. Just sit back. Um, and this is a this is a tough story, but I want to you know I I feel like it's too important of a story for us not to get out there. So I'm just going to get out of the way and let you take it from there. Okay, thank you, C-SPAN. I appreciate that. So so yeah, we're talking about my friend Andy Owens. Andy Owens, his F3 nickname is Dilbert. Um, Andy was an engineer, and I guess the cartoon character Dilbert, which I don't even know that well, uh, must have been an engineer. And uh, so my friend. Andy is known in F3 as Dilbert. He never really liked that nickname, honestly, but plenty of people in F3, I'm pretty sure, don't like their nicknames. <laughs> and uh, so you will hear me refer to him both as Andy and as Dilbert. Uh, probably Andy is honestly going to come out of my mouth more often, but um, Andy and I were best friends. Um, we, um, um, I'll, I'll give it just a little bit of 
brief, I guess, introduction of our friendship. We we probably met each other back in 2006 or so, got to know each other really well in 2008 on a mission trip that we did together in Buffalo, New York, and uh, our friendship really just um, became very close, and uh, we certainly were, um, were uh, brothers and just worked out together, did all kinds of fun things together, and uh, we were together quite a bit. So here recently, this year, he came to me, I don't know, February or so, and and um, you know, said, "Hey," uh, and he's he, he he's got a daughter that lives in Denver, Colorado, and he said, "Hey, uh, we're looking to put together a backpacking trip in the mountains of Colorado this summer. Are you interested in going?" Well, um, about three seconds later, I said, "Yeah, I'm <laughs> I definitely am interested in going. Yes, I want to go. Um, I have a." A buddy of mine, another F3 buddy, actually, Beans and Franks. I'll give a shout-out to Beans and Franks. And um, he told me a long time ago, uh, he said, think long, think wrong. So didn't ha- really have to think about it. it was my best friend asking me to do something fun, and I uh, figured I could work it out on my calendar and budget and all that kind of stuff. And so so we, we set out to planning a backpacking trip in Colorado that was going to happen right after July the 4th. Again, his daughter lives in Denver, Colorado, and so we were going with um, with her husband, um, Andy's son-in-law, and um, his name is Devin, and we're going with Devin's dad, Steve. So it's going to be uh, myself, um, Andy, Devin, and Steve on this backpacking trip, and we were we we're all very excited about it. Um, we spent Andy and I spent a lot of time just we did some local. Um, backpack trips, went up on the Appalachian Trail back in May, and just other things where we were kind of checking out our gear, making sure we had everything that we need, and all this kind of stuff. It had been a while since we had we had backpacked. Andy and I worked together quite a bit, but actual backpacking had been a while, so we were just kind of checking everything out. And, um, and anyway, planned everything, got everything together, and um, and then it was it came the day of our trip, and um, it was the Tuesday after July fourth. So we flew out to Denver. Um, we um, met up with Devin and Steve. Um, actually, now Devin is an F3-er. I don't know that he's doing F3 right now, but he was here uh, recently, and I took him to F3 in Hickory. And he uh, So I shout out to Leaker is his name, Leaker, because he sweats quite a bit when, he, when he's working out. And uh, so anyway, the, the four of us met at the airport. We went straight to Steamboat Springs. And um, for two days of just getting acclimated to the uh, to the altitude, and so um, while we were there, that that was not backpacking. That we just stayed in a hotel. Um, we did some hiking in and around Steamboat Springs. Got up to probably 8,500 or 9,000 feet in elevation, and and we're doing good with everything. Um, just having a wonderful time. Just doing some sightseeing and hiking and and everything. And then Thursday morning was. Um, we we got up like super early and um, uh, you know had a little breakfast there in the hotel and then we took off about 4:30 a.m. Uh, heading out to Garfield County in Colorado to a place called the Flat Tops Wilderness Area. Um, and what you'll what you'll find out about me is I just don't ask many questions. I didn't really know exactly where we were going. I didn't ahead of time. I, I had people that I trusted who were planning all this out, and and I just, you know, I, I figured when I needed to know exactly where we were going and all that kind of stuff, you know, that I would know. 
So um, anyway, so that Thursday morning, um, we um, you know got to our location. I don't know six or six thirty, and we started off on our backpack. And of course, we're the four of us have about you know plus or minus fifty pounds on our back. And uh, we were starting off about 9,000 feet in elevation, and, and we took off. And, and um, right off the bat, uh, one thing that, that Andy Dilbert absolutely loved was a, was a sunrise or a sunset, just the beauty of that. And, um, and I got to get this picture of this crazy, beautiful sunrise. There's this stream, you know, there's this mountain, the stream coming down through it. There's wildflowers blooming. The grass that's there is is green and I got this picture of the sunrise and I told Andy I said well now you get in it let me get a picture of you and I uh, got this great picture of him with this crazy sunrise behind him and uh, in fact I'm looking at a copy of that picture right now I've got it here in my office at home and uh, anyway so we t- <laughs> we took off backpacking and quickly you know hit elevation we quickly hit you know rocky areas just a lot of just different terrain than it is around here in western North Carolina um, and then again, starting off at pretty high elevation already with 9,000 feet or so. And three hours later or so into the trip, we are um, we found ourselves almost at the summit of the mountain. It was a flat part of the of the hike, um, and, and getting up to there. And at that point, we were probably at about 11,000 feet in altitude, and we were taking every precaution that we could take. We were checking each other. Um, checking in with each other every 20 or 30 minutes at least, you know, you know, how are you feeling? Are you lightheaded? Do you have a headache? You're looking for signs of any kind of altitude sickness or anything like that. And we're all doing good. And one thing you got to know about about my friend Andy, uh, when we uh, when we would ruck, when we would hike, when we would backpack, whatever physical kind of things we were doing like that, he set the pace. He set his own pace, and that pace was slow. <laughs> that's not a complaint that's just an observation he would he would go at his own pace and um so he was making sure that the pace that he was going was working well for him and um uh, and it was and we were checking in with each other everybody was doing great we got to the we got to the the flat part um pretty much it wasn't the actual summit but we were close to it got to take our backpacks off we got to lay down in the grass we took some pictures i stood on my head for a shot that's just what i do and um and you got to have some snacks and some water and that kind of thing. And then it was time to go ahead and, and make the summit, which was another 700 or so feet. That was, you know, pretty much straight up. And so, um, so we uh, we put on our backpacks, and um, Devin took off, Steve took off, and I looked at I looked at Andy, and he said, "After you, kind sir." And I just remember that very well. He was he uh, he wanted to be you know in the back, and so we took off. And that took us a while to get up that 700 feet. You know, 700 feet is not really well. It's enough of uh, elevation gain, I guess. But but it um, that was tough elevation gain because it was in a short distance of 700 feet, and and we made it to the top of that. So now we're just under 12,000 feet. It, 12,000 feet sounds better than 11.7. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> and uh, and we got up there. Um, you know, of course, we took our backpacks off again. We rested a bit. And then we had to go across a thing called the Devil's Causeway, and we were quite concerned about that. We had watched YouTube videos of what that looked like, and it's this narrow little trail that's very rocky, very up and down and rocky, and the trail was probably, I don't know, five feet wide, which sounds like plenty, 
but it's a huge drop-off on the left side, a huge drop-off on the right side, and it's not just a straight, flat trail in between that we're walking. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's rocks and all kinds of craziness that we had to go across. So, so we were quite concerned about that. But we, um, it took us a while, <laughs> and it wasn't all that far, really, honestly. It was, you know, 100 feet at the most or something like that. Um, but it took us a while. We got across the Devil's Causeway. We celebrated that. That was a... That was just a huge thing, and again, we took our backpacks off. We sat down, we rested, we got snacks, we got water, we checked everything, everything's good. We put our backpacks back on, and at this point, it's probably about 11.15 on Thursday morning, and that's mountain time, um, about 11.15 or 11.30, somewhere in that ballpark, and we took off uh, hiking again, and we were going to go, I don't know, probably another five or so miles to the point where we were going to camp for that night. So um, we had had breakfast at 4 o'clock that morning. Now it's 11.30, so we're getting hungry. We're, we're now well above the tree line. There's little scrub bushes, a, a few of those around, and then we got past those, and we're in this open, grassy, grassy flat field. So let me describe this to you. It's, it's just crazy, crazy beautiful, and you, you almost really have to see it to appreciate it. So we're, at the, we're pretty much at 12,000 feet, this large, this huge grassy field, this trail going right through the middle of it. There's patches of snow to your right, patches of snow to your left, and just gorgeous views, blue skies. We couldn't ask for anything better. So we were hiking across that field. And Andy and I were talking. Steve and Devin were just a little bit ahead of us. Andy was, at this point, right in front of me. And um, so he and I were talking, and normal things, you know, that you would say, from what we had just done. You know, hey, that was a tough hike. Hey, we made it across that Devil's Causeway. You know, hey, you know, I'm ready for lunch. It's time for lunch, you know. And so we're going to stop at the top of this little hill. And it wasn't really a hill. It's, you know, compared to what we had just come up, it was a, just a little rise in the trail. We're going to stop up here and, you know, and, and take off our backpacks. We're going to get something, you know, we're going to eat our lunch and then, you know, have a good rest and then we'll be on our way. And we were just having normal conversation, and in the middle of that conversation, um, Andy just, and again, he was smack dab in front of me. He just fell back. He fell back. His, of course, he's got his backpack on. We've all got our backpacks on. He fell back onto me, and I thought, what are you doing? What's going on? And I thought he was just being silly and like, we're just going to lay down right here. I'm tired. You know, we're going to lay down. Well, no, I quickly saw that there was something going on with him, and I had no idea what it was. And the other two saw what was going on, and we all got together. And now Andy is laying on the trail, and he is not breathing. And, um, and he's just simply laying there, and, and we're, you know, we're smacking him on the face. You know, Andy, are you okay? We immediately started CPR. We're no experts in CPR, you know, but we – kind of knew what we were doing, and we did CPR. We were doing everything that we could do, and, um, and we were doing this for a good long period of time. There were other, a few other people on the trail uh, that thankfully went on ahead, and uh, we tried to call 911, by the way, and I'm probably jumping around here. Tried to call 911, and there was no cell phone service right there where we are, so we couldn't get them. And um, so we kept working with him. He wasn't saying anything. He wasn't responding in any way. He acted. He was. His eyes were open at the beginning. They were at this point closed. His teeth were clenched shut. 
and then they were opened, and then I remember Steve saying, I think we've lost him, and I'm like, what? I mean, this, you know, I knew something serious was going on, but that was not even in my thought process. And and so that made me, that made us do CPR even more diligently and more, you know, and, and so we, we continued with our CPR, and finally we, we called it. And, <laughs> you know, this is my best friend, and he's laying there on the trail, and we just pronounced him dead, and we're at the top of this mountain, and beautiful sight and everything, and, and I'm like, um, so at that point, you know, grief and emotion somehow <laughs> had to be put aside and we had to we had to you know start thinking about you know getting him getting his body off the mountain and and I'll be brief with this part of it because you know this is logistic stuff i went I had to leave my best friend's body there, the other two stayed stayed with him, and I went three quarters of a mile uh, back down the trail where where I had saw that I had a sale signal when we kind of went through that area. Again, it's about three-quarters of a mile away. I was able to call 911. Um, of course, they at that point, you know, it was they asked if we want to do CPR, and I said, no, it's too late for that. So we were working on recovering his body off the mountain. And so, you know, fast forward ahead, um, you know, a uh, helicopter was able to get up there, which was um, not a given because it was – great places to land a helicopter up there. There were no trees. It was a flat, grassy area, but it was quite windy. And it was starting to get later in the afternoon at this point. Uh, but thankfully, they were able to land the helicopter. We were able to uh, load his body on a stretcher and help them get it into the helicopter, and the helicopter was able to fly away. And in between him passing and that, um, I had to call his daughter in Denver, I had to call his wife back here in Hickory and his other daughter back here in Hickory. Um, those were difficult conversations for me to have, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it was very difficult conversations for them to hear. Um, and I called my pastor, who was able to get the word out to some of the guys. And um, so, so yeah, that's what happened. Um, he passed away. It was about 11:45 a.m. on that Thursday morning. And um, so, uh, C-SPAN, I'll hand it back over to you, and, and maybe you can guide me through how we can unpack this. But, but that's what happened. I yeah. lost my best friend that day. Yeah, and I, first off, on behalf of all the listeners in that 3Nation, I just I appreciate you being so candid and walking us through what happened because, to, you know, we're, we're basically I'm four weeks away from that event and, um, and him losing his life. And I, I just thank you because, um, you know, obviously you guys were both fit. Uh, all four of you were fit. I mean, you made um, the way you described in Colorado, and I'm a Colorado kid, so the way you described the mountains getting above, you know, 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 feet, you described it perfectly. That's, um, yeah. that's exactly the way it looks. That's exactly what's going on. Um, and it does put a different kind of stress on your body, but, um, you know, you guys obviously have been training for it and preparing for it. And so, um, I just, I just can't thank you enough for being so candid and being able to, you know, share Dilbert's story because I think, um, 
obviously he was the guy who put the whole trip together and was so excited about it. Um, you know. Yeah. And uh, and, let's, and Dilbert let's, and I were the, yeah. Dilbert I and I were there on day more. one in April of 2014 when um, when Abraham you know brought F3 to Hickory and so. Uh, Dilbert and I are F3 originals in the uh, in the region here, so uh, Redwood originals, and um, so we were very happy about that. And I got to say, um, and of course I know I'm jumping around here at this point, but back in the early days, back in April of 2014, when F3 uh, you know, came to Hickory and all of that, there was so much excitement. Oh my goodness, we started the workout at uh, local community college, uh, Catawba Valley Community College, and that that actually is where Andy was a teacher. Um, you know, m- most recently at, at CVCC, and um, so we started the workouts there, and um, and then we quickly thought, well, it needs to be more than just Saturday. So we started Thursday, we started Tuesday, we started Wednesday, and and Dilbert and I were there through all of that, and just a lot of excitement there at the beginning of to seeing F3 come to Hickory, to see F3 just grow so rapidly, and that was just kind of neat for us to. Uh, to experience, and you know, again, for him and I, as as brothers, as uh, as best friends, to experience together. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we got that he was he was original with you um, in Hickory. There, I guess maybe, you know, I, I think maybe I need to at least ask you about your faith component because as we talk about this next level of brotherhood, um, we probably need to have a discussion about how you're able to get through all this um, because okay. it's amazing. And I, and I know you're, um, you know, prior to us hitting the record button, I, I know you're still upset and your heart still hurts, but you're able to present so well about his story. I, um, I think maybe we should share with the listeners of how you're able to do this. And I think maybe we start there and we'll kind of work our way around from there. So okay. you want okay. to talk a little well, bit about your faith component? I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, I'm I'm Christian. Um, Andy was Christian. Um, you know, F3 in the Hickory area. Of course, I know F3 is not a Christian organization, but plenty of us here locally are, and we uh, um, we both have faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and what I want to what I want to share with you, uh, I'm going to read just a few verses from Scripture, and I shared these at his funeral. Um, when I got to um, when I got to speak at his funeral, and this is from Hebrews chapter twelve and chapter eleven in Hebrews talks about all the heroes of the faith, people like Abraham and Noah and Moses and just all the heroes of the faith. And then it turns to um, chapter twelve in Hebrews. In the first three verses, this is the thir- first three verses. Uh, it's talking about the heroes who have gone before us. And the first three verses of chapter twelve says, therefore. Since we are surrounded by, by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, and I guess that's the first two verses of Hebrews chapter 12. And, and what I would say about that, it starts off saying, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and again, talking about, you know, the heroes of the faith who've gone before, such as, you know, again, Moses and, and Noah and um, Abraham and, and many others. And now, you know, now I've got 
Andy in my cloud of witnesses. I've got others. I've got my parents, and I've got my grandparents who have gone before me. And I, I kind of look at this. I kind of visualize this, and I, I'm thinking about when I ran my second marathon in Nashville and run 20 miles in the city of Nashville, and I'm enjoying the sights and seeing everything. And I get to mile 20, and we pass at mile 20, we pass the finish line, and they, and so we go past the finish line, and we do the last 6.2 miles. And when we're passing by the finish line at mile 20, everybody's there. All the people who are there to cheer on their loved ones are there, and they're all clapping and carrying on. And that gave me, even though there's only one person there really cheering me on, my wife and um, and, and my kids are there as well. They're, they're cheering me on, but all of those people were cheering me on, and that got me through the the last 6.2 miles of that marathon. And that's the way I look at this cloud of witnesses is, is that I've got these heroes of the faith, including my best friend now, Andy, cheering me on and kind of guiding me through um, helping me throw off all those things, that the sin that entangles, and help me run to pers- with perseverance the race marked out you know, before me and fixing my eyes on Jesus. So I've got all of these people in my cloud of witnesses, again, including my friend Andy, who's, who's kind of cheered me on and guiding me through that. And, and I was talking to my pastor a couple of days after I got back from Colorado, and he was walking me through some stuff. And, of course, I'm feeling a lot of pain as he's been. I'm, I'm feeling a tremendous amount of pain. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, the pain is just as severe today as it was four weeks ago when it happened, and uh, and it will be for a while. And I know that's not a thing that will just come and go. It'll be with me for a while. And, and my pastor said, well, Terry, God doesn't waste pain. God does not waste pain. And he gave me a video to watch and uh, and everything, and I watched that. And, and I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to take that pain that I feel, and I'm going to allow that to be my motivation um, to do this. And here's what I'm challenging myself to do. I'm challenging myself, challenging myself, and I'm motivated by the pain that I'm feeling in the loss of my friend Andy and knowing that God doesn't waste pain. I'm motivated by the pain that I'm feeling, and I'm doing this to the glory of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm committing myself to deepen my devotion to Jesus Christ, to, to run to him with passion, to... Um, run with perseverance in my walk of discipleship. I'm looking to to I'm challenging myself to love God as He deserves to love my neighbor, and to share Jesus Christ with others. And so I'm challenging myself to do that again, motivated by the pain that I'm feeling, but given the the glory and the honor to Jesus Christ. And I'm challenging y'all, those of you who are listening to this podcast, to do the same. Uh. Brother, you're you're blowing me away just the way you're presenting this morning. I um I I feel like um I was gonna you know I had my in my notes I was gonna ask you about the you know we had talked about the F three mental battle and him being your battle buddy and not having a battle buddy but it sounds like he is still your battle buddy like he's still there with you and I love I I love the way you presented that because he's he didn't leave you. He's still right there. He's still watching over you. So I'm gonna, he, he he definitely I, he definitely is. And I to, I told Andy many many times. Um I'm 64. Andy was 4 years younger than me. He had just turned 60 this year and um and I told him, you know, I, I told him over and over 
over the course of our relationship, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, he would laugh at that and everything. Uh, but there's definitely a whole lot of Andy in me right now, just just from getting to hang around such a a a uh, good person. I mean, if I if I gave some character traits of Andy, it would be he was strong but gentle. He's kind. He was always filled with joy when he walked into a room. When Andy would walk into a room, when Dilbert would walk into a room, people people knew he was in the room. There was no like walking in and kind of like, you know, hanging out over to the side. People knew he was there because he was filled with joy. He was certainly a family man. He loved his wife. He loved his two daughters uh, tremendously. He was generous. He was helpful. He was smart. He was a prayer warrior and certainly a friend. And, you know, and and um, I had a thing, if, like if I ever needed anything, like one time I needed a new router for my, you know, my Internet and all that, and, and I said, Andy, I really don't want to like research all of those. Do you mind researching and just give me your recommendation? And he did. So I called it Andy's list. <laughs> anytime I needed something, I'd just call him up. And he was so happy to research it and uh, tell me what to get. And I didn't even have to think about it. That was whatever he to get, and that's that's what I went for. So he was just that kind of guy. Yeah, and I guess maybe we should um, – I know we're getting towards the end of the call. I just – I, I would really like for you to maybe share with the guys because, you know, the other thing that we're doing is a lot of guys don't have a friend like Andy, right? Mm-hmm. And I, maybe you could share a little bit about that friendship, like um, like what you recommend, like looking back over, over your friendship. Like how did you guys build those bonds? With, I mean, I know you guys were always involved with church and with activities, but – and I know there were mission trips and things like that, but maybe you can help the guys who are still trying to figure out how to build these kinds of friendships. Maybe you could give them some advice looking back saying, this is how you, um, this is how you live a life with a friend. Maybe you could give some, some advice on that. I can do that. I can do that. Um, I remember one time, um, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, I was walking down the halls of my church, and I'm thinking, you know, I know all of these people, but I really don't know. I really don't know them. I know them to say, "Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you?" You know, those kind of relationships. And and I realized at that point, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a friend, if I'm gonna have a friend, I got to be intentional. You know, it's got to be something. I don't want to say you got to work at a friendship, but that's kind of what you have to do. It has to be an effort. Um, you know, if you want to get, you know, they say no, no pain, no gain. So if you want to gain a friendship, you got to go through the pain. I don't really know that I would call it pain of, you know, getting to know that person, you know, so call somebody up and say, Hey, you know, don't say, um, Hey, we need to get, get together sometime and go for a hike. Say, we need to get together sometime and go for a hike. And what does it look like for next Saturday? <laughs> you know, because if you just if you leave it open, you're never going to go on that hike or whatever it is. Go have coffee or whatever it is you're going to do. So, so developing a friendship, you know, has to be intentional. It has to come with a little effort, you know, on your part and on their part. Um, you, you know, you you'll find that. You know, you, you can't. Your calendars won't always match up, and those kind of things. But you just have to kind of keep working at it. Um, I've got to say, the benefits of it all um, are well worth whatever effort you have to put for up front. Put up, uh, put forth up front. Um, you know, other things to come into play. You know, you know your your age. I mean, at a certain age, you know, you you know, you're 
you're newly married or maybe you've got little kids running around and you know, those kind of things and those male friendships are kind of hard to to establish are kind of hard to form um but you know everybody has the same 24 hours of a day and you know it's just kind of prioritizing your time and making time to be intentional and, and develop those friendships and i kind of find i kind of found that um you know my friends my friendship with andy specifically um andy liked to make decisions he liked to do things a certain way and 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 he and i got to trust one another you know very implicitly i mean i, I he would i had complete trust in anything that he would say so there's plenty of times that maybe i maybe wanted to do this and he wanted to do that i would simply do you know i would simply do that <laughs> whatever it was that he wanted to do because there was you know i just um kind of went with the flow when I felt like that was necessary. And when it wasn't necessary, then I would say, you know, hey, let's do this over here. So just kind of, you know, compromising here and there along the way if you need to, but, but really just being intentional and, and, and working at it. And those friendship will, friendships will certainly happen. I'm just going to give you an amen on that. Here's the other thing I'd like you to do. I know you're um, you're still processing with the with this grief, and I know we probably stirred emotions on a lot of guys. Do you would you be willing to share um, an email address or anything if we if somebody wanted to reach out to you? I will. I will. So it's Terry T E R R Y. The letter B is in Benjamin B E E. So Terry B E E Johnson J O H N S O N at Gmail dot com. Okay. Terry B. Johnson, and the, and the B is B-E-E, terrybjohnson at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, and i got to say, this is the hardest thing. I've, I've dealt with much uh, over my 64 years on this planet. This has got to be the hardest thing I've dealt with because Andy was in good health. He was, he was you know, and we, we spent to get time together most every single day. Yet there's been times since this happened where, Something would happen at work or something would happen, you know, whatever, and I would just want to send Andy a text. I'm like, well, no, I guess I can't do that. So, you know, it's, you know, I know I'm chuckling and laughing about it here, but it is, it is quite painful. So um, this, is, this is one of the harder things that I've had to deal with, certainly, on this planet. Um, you know, and i got to say, in the end, you know, when Andy did pass away, I mean, there was no hint of distress. You know, there was no hint of any kind of pain or anything that he was in he just simply he just simply passed away um, um and and even though we were working hard to try to revive him you know certainly that was we were not successful with that and and then the way that he left the way that he he went you know i mean he was in this beautiful place um i mean just you can't imagine a more beautiful place than what we were at um and we were he was with people that he cared about doing something they love to do. And you know what I got to say about that? I got to say, way to go, man. Way to go. Anyway, and brother, we're, we're at the end, and I always do closing comments, but really everything you said today was beautiful. And I, I can't, I can't, on behalf of Dilbert, I'm going to tell you, I know how proud he is of you being able to present and, and just um, tell the story. And it's a beautiful story. At the end of the day, it's a beautiful story of brotherhood. So, it any, thank you for the opportunity. Any, yeah, any final comments? Anything you want to share with the with listeners before we sign off? Well, I would say you know if you're the praying type, uh, you know pray for his family, pray for his wife, 
his wife Meredith, uh, she just retired from teaching and um, you know, was looking forward to a life of retirement along with her husband. Their two daughters, uh, Jordan, who's 32, and Olivia, who's 20, getting ready to turn 24. Um, you know, as, as bad as I'm hurting, I can't imagine how bad they're hurting. So, you know, be in prayer for them uh, is certainly what I would say. And on that, brother, a big knuckle, big knuckle bump from Charlotte. Just tell you, we love you. I just, um, you know, thank you for telling the story this morning. And then uh, if you ever need to text somebody, text me. So for the rest of you, rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, keep getting after it, brother. Thank you for sharing.